The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you, When people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account, rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise Praise to you, O Christ. May be seen. Grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Are you happy? Do you count yourself blessed? And if not, why not? Happiness... Blessedness, it's what we all would like. And by all, I don't just mean those of us in this room. I mean every human wants to be happy. In fact, this is enshrined in our nation's founding documents as our founding fathers recognized that, uh, that happiness was the desire of every human Uh, And so they actually said, uh, were so bold to say, uh, that all humans have the right to the pursuit of happiness. Uh, Not that we have the right to be happy, but that we have the right to pursue that goal of happiness. We all want to be happy. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, we have all kinds of different ways as humans of trying to achieve that end. But it would not occur to many, if any of us, to achieve happiness by means of the descriptors that Jesus gives in our gospel lesson today. If you're the kind of person who makes a to-do list at the beginning of a week, you probably didn't include in this week's to-do list uh, to be poor in spirit or to mourn or to be meek. No, these, these are very different ways of being. Uh, In fact, 
the old sinner in us, the old Adam, the old Eve, that old nature, really, when hearing the Beatitudes, is left just scratching its head. <laughs> what, what is Jesus after here? We know what we're after. Our own definitions of happiness our own definitions of blessedness. And, and when we achieve those, we know just what to do. We put uh, a hashtag blessed bumper sticker on the back of our nice, new, shiny car. Right? Or we go on to Facebook and we post a picture of our family all gathered around uh, for a birthday celebration or a holiday and we say, so glad to see my friends and family today. And then we finish it off with that little hashtag blessed. We know what happiness, what blessedness looks like. And it, it doesn't accord with the kind of things that Jesus describes here. Just, just what is he after? Well, it helps us to remember to whom it is that Jesus speaks these Beatitudes. He's not speaking them to all of humanity. He's speaking them to a specific group of people. As it says in verse 1, after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit. Jesus is speaking to his disciples, to the ones that he has called to follow him, to imitate him in the minutia of life and everything in the way that they think, in the way that they speak, in the way that they act in this world. It is to this group of people that Jesus speaks. To those whom later he will say, as his beloved ones, abide in him and he in them. And that is key. This relationship between Jesus and the ones to whom he speaks these beatitudes, these blessings. For none of us, just as none of us on our own, according to our old nature, uh, would aspire to any of these things, to be any of these things, to have these things be said of us, none of us could achieve them either. They're not really a to-do list. They're really just descriptions of who his disciples will be. And it cannot be otherwise because his disciples abide in him and he in them. And Jesus himself is the embodiment of these beatitudes. Again, they're not so much a to-do list or a checklist of, of actions uh, by which we are to live in this world, they are simply descriptions of the people described as blessed. And Jesus 
is perfectly described by the characteristics listed in these Beatitudes. You can read through the Gospels and see in Jesus' life how he is poor in spirit, how he mourns at the tomb of his friend Lazarus, as he weeps over the city of Jerusalem, that city of God which had stoned all the prophets who had come to it before him. You can see in Jesus perfect meekness so that even as the soldiers beat him, mocked him, hung him on a cross, he did not lift up his voice, open his mouth to condemn But rather, when he did open his mouth, prayed, Father, forgive them. In Jesus, we see one who perfectly hungers and thirsts for righteousness. To see that justice would be done. In this world and in the next. For all eternity. And so it is that Jesus the righteous one, gave himself up, the innocent for the guilty, taking our sin, the sin of the whole world upon himself in order that we might be declared right with God. And in this, we see how a hunger and a thirst for righteousness meets up perfectly with mercy. For otherwise, justice and mercy seem to be counter to each other. But in Jesus, on the cross, we see how they are perfectly melded together as he shows us this great mercy, the forgiveness of our sins. In Jesus, we see the one, the only one, who is pure, perfectly pure in heart. And in Jesus, we see the peacemaker who made peace between us and God by the blood shed on the cross. It is there, too, that we see that Jesus is persecuted for righteousness' sake. And there, looking upon his bruised and battered and bloodied body on the cross, we can see true blessing. The blessing of Christ crucified for us. It doesn't make rational sense according to the reason and wisdom of this world. That's what St. Paul is saying in 1 Corinthians, which you heard today. It confounds that kind of wisdom and reason, but it is a deeper, more ancient wisdom revealed to us, given 
to us, for us, reflected in us. For we abide in him and he in us. For you too, brothers and sisters, are children of our Father in heaven. You too are members, recipients, and citizens of this kingdom of heaven. You abide in him and he in you. And by virtue of this, despite yourself, your old sinful nature, in you, you begin to experience what true happiness, true blessedness looks like. You begin in your own life to take on these characteristics of blessedness, being poor in spirit, mourning, being meek, hungering, and thirsting for righteousness. So it is that even if you don't have a fancy car, you could put on your old beater a little sign saying, hashtag blessed. And though it may turn some heads, according to Jesus, even when you walk away from burying your loved one, you can say, Blessed be the name of the Lord, and I too am blessed. Yes, it goes against the reason, the wisdom of this world, but it is the wisdom, the power of God at work in your life. And the world... (laughs) It will take notice. But note what Jesus says. When it does, it won't like what it sees. The world will feel threatened by these characteristics at work, embodied in you, even as it took note of and felt threatened by these characteristics embodied perfectly in Jesus. And if it led him to the cross, you can, count, you can count on it also leading to your own cross, your own persecution. As Jesus says himself in this, very, in this very text, he doesn't say, blessed are you if people revile you, but when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. And they will do this. While it may not look like being stoned or being lifted up onto a cross. Nevertheless, you have already experienced persecution in this world. For if you are mourning, you know what it is to have even your close friends and even family members keep their distance from you when they perceive that your mourning has gone on too long or is too deep for them to wade in next to you. You know what it is if you are hungering and thirsting for righteousness, for people to roll their eyes and to say, oh, 
wouldn't they just drop it already? Or to say that you're an agitator, a malcontent, because you won't just go along with the status quo. For you who are pure in heart, they say, ah, goody two-shoes. For you who practice mercy, they say you're soft. Whenever you experience these things, Jesus says, I warned you, and rejoice. For as they do it to you, they first did it to me. For you abide in me, and I in you. And in this, you can count yourself blessed, truly happy. In the name of Jesus, amen.